This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. Match week 26 of England's top division with the best plays from Saturday through Monday and a bonus. We're going to get a few leans for you on the League Cup final between Liverpool and Chelsea. Over the course of this week, boys, as I'm sure you know, we had our first managerial change of the calendar year and we had midweek wins for both Manchester City and Liverpool. A little bit undercover because we had the Champions League as well. It means that the title odds look like this. City evens, Liverpool plus 163, Arsenal plus 350. Nigel, I saw you put a, a poll up um on uh, because we win uh, Twitter feed earlier. I, I mean, it was fairly evenly split. I, I, I thought uh, there is a body of work suggesting that Liverpool could be the value at plus 163, but City are even money here. How are you feeling at the moment after those two midweek wins? Uh, good morning to you. Um, I think that uh, Liverpool was the one that really did, did impress me because of the amount of injuries they have. I mean, they've got a whole team of injuries and when they come back, they're going to be refreshed. Um, Man City aren't firing on all cylinders. I know Haaland scored the goal in midweek, but there's something not right about Haaland. I think they've got a big win. And the added bonus for Liverpool, which is absolutely huge. I know they're in cup competition, but no Champions League. I think that's going to be massive. You know, Arsenal, for example, now haven't played Champions League football for a long time, involved in a title race for, you know, the, the second season in succession. Uh, so the young squads, and now they've got a massive tie to negotiate with that careless late goal against Porto. So will their league form suffer from that? So I think Liverpool, with the, with the five points they have at the table, uh, I still think they're the value. I've said it all along. I think they're the value. Strange, isn't it? Because prior to that Porto game in the Champions League, Jack, for Arsenal, we're thinking, well, Arsenal are the form team here. City dropping points, struggling to get over the line. Liverpool are conceding, having to come from behind. But, you know, that Porto game where Porto managed the game so well against Arsenal, suddenly... Those question marks appear about the Gunners once again, even though they've been brilliant in the Premier League recently. It seems to happen with Arsenal, doesn't it? It seems to be that kind of flip-flop from one to another. There's no kind of middle ground, it seems. They're either in chaos, um, talking about strikers not scoring goals and all that kind of stuff, and they're banging in five goals week in, week out, and then suddenly a, a, a blip and it and it all hell breaks. So it seems a very emotional environment, which is not great for a, a title charge or, or progression in the Champions League. So, yeah, funny how it goes. And I say fair play to Liverpool. Dealing with all those injuries, absolutely. You know, Salah back, scoring, assisting and out. Uh, and they got the job done in midweek convincingly in the end as well. Fair play to them. Um, and, and Man City, yeah, I think, uh, look, if I, we're all holding Liverpool tickets pre-season so I think uh, at this moment in time if you were giving me your money to bet I'd probably go with Manchester City no all right I haven't got any money he's got more money than all of us he's got more money than all of us absolutely skin got roof to fix and everything don't worry about that yesterday I had a phone call I thought Sean Calvert does some moaning wait till you had that conversation yesterday about his roof bored me to tears bored me to absolute tears I had to put the phone they've got to go mate there's someone at the front door Amazon delivery (laughs) 
Um, Oliver Glasner has been in charge, but installed in charge of Crystal Palace um, with Roy Hodgson uh, stepping down. Palace are plus 600 to be relegated. I mean, we all think that they're probably going to uh, escape. I, I don't know too much about him. Nigel, do you think it's the, the right time to change? Is it a good appointment? Do you see why they've done it? I don't know anything about him, really, to be honest with you. I mean, um, I, I think they, they needed to stop the rot, didn't they? And uh, they're just taking anything they can at the moment. Roy obviously lost lost uh, a lot of, uh, before that, obviously, it was taken on well. He lost the, the Palace faithful in the fans. We said about it for a long, long time. And they were just flirting dangerously close to that relegation battle. So they had to make the decision. I think that um, whether he's on a, whether he'll be in charge at the end of next season, I don't know. Say, say for example, they survived by one point and they've just ripped down the table. Will he be in charge? But because they keep their Premier League status, they may be able to get a bigger name. They were linked with the likes of um, the guy, what was it? I can't remember his name, Potter, who uh, was the Chelsea manager. Obviously, his connection with Brighton didn't help, but I, I don't think he would go there without knowing that they're a Premier League side next season. If they sold three of their players, they've probably got their best three players. If the, the, the new manager might have 80 million, 100 million to spend on players. And, and then I think that makes it determined. So I think it's the right thing to do now, given their precarious position in the league. But whether he's in charge at the start of next season, I don't know. It depends on how they, they finish the campaign. But a change had to happen to Chelsea. Unfortunately for me, it, it wasn't to be for my 80-1, to 1, no manager to be sacked. But mm. uh, I might go in again, actually. Yeah, look I, look, I think it's a value play. Look, 80-1 to 1 shots, obviously they're not going to win every single time by the nature of the price but really good idea I think something to look at every single season as you say you might go in again now uh, short rods could still with the value speaking of uh, Oliver Glasner we're going to kick off our previews uh, with Palace against Burnley 10am uh, Saturday Eastern time Palace are a shade uh, minus money here shade odds on in UK terms uh, minus 108 Burnley plus 320 the draw plus 250 um, Oliver Glasner has been in charge of various clubs in his career. Did some digging here. First quiz of the show. Um, in his <laughs> in his debut, subject, Nigel Oliver Glasner in it. <laughs> in his in his in his debut in his debut games as coach, he's taken charge of of ten uh, matches, various different teams, various different competitions. How many has he won? It's either going to be one or the other. You go for one, and I'll go for go on, Jack. Day. How many has he won? How many, <laughs> how many has he won? won? What so is first game in charge? Yeah, yeah, it's first yeah, game I mean, in charge. All the various different competitions. You go for one. That, um, that he's he been doesn't do anything. It's not going to be seven. This is Dan Roebucks. It's the, the easiest possible answer. So how many are you going to go for, Jack? Nine. Oh, it's, it's, ten, it's, it's either ten or not. Not. It's not. It's eight. And oh, in okay. domestic football, he's six from six. So he's got a good record when he's in the dugout for the first time, which potentially, Jack, um, uh, well, more than potentially, it will land your play. Talk us through your Palace Burnley preview. Yeah, I, I, I had been doing a bit of digging into him. Obviously, once the rumours came out that he might be going to Palace, I did have a look and I knew he had lost one of those games. So, um, yeah, that's why I went with my nine. But, um, I, yeah, this, this to me is not going to be based on any stats whatsoever. I can't back Palace up and say Palace on the money line at minus 104 is because they are playing so well at the moment. This is purely based on a couple of things to do with Palace and also, again, a, a my usual fade on Burnley. Glasgow has come in. We've talked about it in the past. Nigel's obviously been to Palace a couple of times this season. His poor, long-suffering brother is a season ticket holder there. We've heard about that a lot as well. Palace, Sellers Park, has been, over the last couple of years, generally seen as a bit of a fortress, somewhere a place where the fans are very vociferous. They get behind the side. They make the players feel special and they make the uh, opposition players feel intimidated. And that has not been the case 
for the last few months. I think it'll be bouncing on Saturday. Uh, they've got a new manager in. It's a little bit left field. He's not been in the Premier League before, so he's got baggage to come with that. He's obviously won the Europa League a couple of seasons ago with Frankfurt. Um, he's got a decent track record. I think his style of play will suit Palace. It's direct. Um, it's getting a high press in, so he'll see high energy. One of my bugbears with players is that they don't turn a hair. They don't put a, any kind of work rate in for a manager and they get sacked. A new manager comes in, not even been on the coaching ground yet, sits in the stand and suddenly they're busting the gut. They're bursting, throwing into tackles, closing teams down and putting lots and lots of effort in. We saw that on Monday night, especially in the first half. Palace looked a different side just with him sitting in the stand. So expect a progression from that with him now being on the training pitch the last couple of days and in the technical area on Saturday. Um, expect them to be throwing balls into the box. Now, no Eze, no Elise, we've talked about a lot. Now, they have beaten Burnley already this season with neither of those two playing, so they've got history in that respect. And this is the perfect setup. You can't really handpick a better side to be coming to your home ground than Burnley if it weren't for Sheffield United, would be the worst side ever to grace the Premier League. Been atrocious this season. They keep making the same mistakes week after week after week, conceding lots of goals, got hammered 5-0 last week because they like to try and play out from the back and they're not good enough to do it. They also have got a, a very young and experienced goalkeeper. He's very lightweight and I think we'll see Palace look to put a lot of pressure on him. They'll be pinging the balls into the box. The set pieces will be hanging under the bar. They look to pin him on the line and they look to benefit from that. They've got two strikers, Edward and Mateta, that were played up front together as a partnership on Monday night. And you can see that that's the way that it will go. And that'll be a progression for this game. Um, 55 goals conceded by Burnley. They just concede far too many. And I think even the Palace side here will be able to take advantage of it under this new regime and get off to a flying start. Palace to win, minus 104, something like that at the moment. A shade uh, minus uh, money here, and it would be remiss of me not to mention that Jack went three from three, and Palace, of course, denied Nigel a sweep as well last <laughs> well, week. Terrific well, betting and tips from the boys on the Premier League Oliver's show. in charge, and I yeah, guarantee Oliver, you at the Oliver, end... Oliver's army. No, at the end of the match, we'll be saying, please... We don't want any more. That's a certainty. <laughs> that's a, that'll be absolutely certainty. I was thinking of under two and a half goals in that game. I burn you so bad, but I just think that's going to be an absolute dross. I mean, I, I live, I can say, everyone knows I live from there. There's an Ikea across the road and they know how much I hate Ikea, but I've, I've got to give it a ticket. I'll go to the Ikea. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Swedes, not really Danes, uh, our next uh, selection uh, features a Scandinavian. Manchester United versus Fulham, which is again 10am Eastern Saturday. United favourites here, minus 180. Fulham plus 460. The draw plus 340. United have won the last five. Don't think they've really won them convincingly. I mean, plus 350, Nigel, for top four, first of all. I mean, did, would they get any any money from you at that sort of price to to finish in the top four? No, I wouldn't bet them, but they're the form team in the Premier League at the moment, aren't they? They haven't beaten in 2024, and I think they'll get the job done here against the Fulham side. That, uh, and I keep saying it to you many, many times on these shows, but this time of year, there are certain teams that fall into categories where you think, you know, they, are they up for it? Are they are they really going to be going all out for the win like they would have done six or seven weeks ago? I think Fulham, one of them sides, I think West Ham, one of those sides, we come on a little bit later on about them. There's a lot of teams that are Bournemouth, a lot of teams that are sort of easing up now for the season. They've done their hard work and think, well, we, we're, we're okay. And I think Man United have got a lot to prove. I still think the manager's under pressure. I mean, it's, 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 it's a typical sums up Manchester United, doesn't it? You you, you win two and you've talked about top four, you lose two. He's odds on favourite to be the next manager to be sacked. 
shows you what a roller coaster rider is at Old Trafford. The one thing he has done though, he's he's got a style now about how he plays, and it's it's very carefree. It's like a basketball match. They go all out attack, and they they leave themselves vulnerable at the back. So I think if you look at it here, you need this is gonna. I think there's got to be goals in this match, and if there's going to be goals in this match, you've got the hottest striker in the Premier League at the moment in Rasmus Hoyland. I mean, he took time to start in the Premier League. He did all his best work in the Champions League, but now. He looks a confident young man. He looks a player, doesn't he? I, I, I quite like what I see from him. And he's got a bit of luck, luck going for him at the moment. A back pass that he took straight away, put it away after 45 seconds. And then a deflection for his second goal. Flying form, scored seven in the last six. Scored in the last six matches. Uh, Manchester United, as I said, are unbeaten in 2024. They've scored 19 goals in that period of time as well. Lots and lots of goals. They go out, all out for striking. And when you see with Manchester United, they go on these streaks and the goal scorers go on streaks. I remember this time last year or maybe the season before, I think it was, when, when he came back from the US, Marcus Rashford went on this unbelievable goal scoring run where he scored in like 10 consecutive matches. And that seems to happen. It's like very much of a confidence thing at Man United. If the, if the striker's confident and the team's confident, then the chances go in. And Hoyland is, is, is on fire. Uh, Fuller Moon struggling, only one winning eight. Um, but they don't score many goals. You know, only Sheffield United have got a worse record on the road in the Premier League than Fulham. So you would expect Man United to win. You would expect them to be scoring goals. If you look at the line to win the, the match, as you said, Man United are minus 205, I think currently with Bet Rivers. The line on the totals is about three. So Man United are in here for probably about 1.75 goals, 1.9 goals. So you're looking at about over and under two goals on Man United. If you look at that, Hoyland has got to be the man to be considered to score the goals. And obviously, he's not on penalties. You know, Fernandez will take the penalties here. But when you look at his price to score at any time in this match is plus 105. Now, I think that's a little bit disrespectful for him, given the fact that Manchester United are such a heavy favourite, given the fact that they're playing a team in real poor form and the fact that the, the match is in for a lot of goals. So I, I think to get plus money for a guy who scored in his last six and seven in those last six is a little bit disrespectful. Let's look at other Premier League players this week weekend who are in kind of similar fixtures. So you've got Ollie Watkins for Aston Villa going to Forest. Is he? I know he's had a great season, but I'm, I don't really feel that he's like an out and out striker. But Villa share a lot of goals around. He's minus one hundred five, so he's minus one hundred five to score against Forest. You got Harland. I know Harland's a different beast, but I mean he's not firing at the moment. He's away at Bournemouth. He's minus 225. And you've got Saka at home to Newcastle. I know he's scoring goals, but Saka's even money. Who's more likely to score, Saka or Hoyland? I mean, that's a tricky that's a tricky match for Arsenal now, given what happened against Porto and against the Newcastle side that would want to come down here and turn over a while. They've got a, a very terrible record in North London. So I think if you look at all those other strikers, I think Hoyland's have been a little bit disrespected here at plus money. I think this could be, I think Man United could score two or three goals in this match. And I think Hoyland will be the main man up front, as he has. He's full of confidence. The Old Trafford fans are wait, they like it. They like what they see from him. And a season that they haven't been very happy, they have been really happy with him. The manager likes him. He's stuck by him. And now he's paying dividends. So I think Hoyland at plus 105 to score any time is a very nice play when you consider the heavy minus money you get for other sort of strikers in similar kind of matchups this week. Yeah, good analysis, good comparison as well. Ten of his 14 have been in the first half. Four of seven in the Premier League have been first. Would, would you have a little bit on first as well, Nigel, do you think? Plus 310, or you, is it just one of those bets that, you know, he could score at trick but not get first and, and you've done your money on that? You'd just rather play any time? Well, I'd, I'd rather play any time. And the reason why I'd rather play any time is I think if Man United do score early here, this could be quite, a, there could be a lot. I mean, I think they could win three, four, five. You know, I, I think Fulham are that sort of, of, of the tie that I want to oppose at the moment. So, 
I think if if you thought it was a KG match and it may be, it's a low scoring goals price, then obviously take the more inflated price on the on the first goal score. But because the game is in for quite a lot of goals, and if Man United do score already, I think they could run away three or four, and it could be a penalty. Uh, but I will be betting him to score first goal because uh, it's my mate's Colin's birthday today, and he's a big Man United fan. I didn't know what to buy him, so I'm going to have a tenner on the for Man United to score first and Hoyland to score. The, sorry, Hoyland to score first and Man United to win. So that will be his birthday present tonight when I take it down the pub. Fantastic, generous to a wow. fault. Uh, <laughs> Fifty percent of the winnings. A, t- a tenner. Wins. I thought you were going to say hundred dollars. A tenner. 50%, 50% a tenner at even money. No, I'm getting first goal scorer and Man United right. to win. <laughs> Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest is another ten a.m. Eastern kickoff. Um, uh, Villa short price favourites here minus two hundred. Really short. Forest plus five ten. Draw plus three sixty uh, for this one. The goal line is high over three and a half. A lot of the goal lines for the Premier League are high. Uh, this weekend. Jack, your Asian over threes have been very, very good selections uh, recently. Two from two, of course, uh, last week. And we going in again here with that bet. Yeah, same bet. Over three goal line, minus 109 here. So again, remind to everyone, if there is exactly three goals in it, we do get a full refund on our stake. Four or more for the full win. And I expect four or more in this one. This one does look like plenty of goals in it, to be fair. Nigel just mentioned him. Ollie Watkins back amongst the goals last weekend. Got a brace in that 2-1 win at Fulham, which got Sevilla back up into the top four. So that battle for that Last place, I'd, I'd say the top three are away, but that, that battle for the last four, uh, fourth place is very exciting uh, with those those clubs involved in it now. And also the race for who's going to be Harry Kane's understudy. I mentioned it last week as well, but Watkins with a brace. Solanke scored as well. Tony didn't, but uh, those three are certainly going to be all guns blazing to try and um, catch Gareth Southgate's eye. And uh, that's going to be a, a subplot. So uh, I think with those three players, especially looking to be uh, getting amongst the goals, then their games should well feature them as well. So what a weird record Villa have had. Uh, we talked about their incredible home record, 17 games unbeaten in the league. and uh, 16 of those were wins as well. And then they've lost three on the spin across all competitions. So they'll be keen to get back to winning ways here. They will not want to slip up. And we'll see this as a massive opportunity against the Forest side that we do know struggle on the road. They have done this season. They did last season. Um, they got a big win themselves last weekend. They're only four points above the drop zone. But, of course, we do know lurking on the horizon is that points deduction. So, with that in mind, they need every single point they can get because they could get hammered there and be in serious, serious trouble. So, last week saw them keep their first clean sheet in 14. So, they are generally leaky at the back. Expect Villa, with what they've got going forward to make sure that that doesn't happen again. This won't be a clean sheet for Forrest. Expect Villa to score at least a couple of goals in this one. And Villa's style of play here, which has really led me towards this bet, is the fact that's going to suit Forrest as well. So we know what Villa are like at home. They will flood forward. They've got their their wing backs that will bomb on, be very advanced. They've got Watkins. They've got the likes of Bailey, McGinn, and Douglas Louise in the middle as well. They all like to get involved in and around the box. So and the best way for Forrest to play on the counter-attack with the lights of Alanga, a winnie back, and also scored last week as well. He's huge for Forrest. He's a real focal point for him and allows them to ping it into him and work off him with Alanga, as I've already mentioned, and also Morgan Gibbs-White. So expect that to be the style of play. And when I, I love it when there's two styles that suit both sides, and that's what we're getting here. Neither are going to change the way up. Uh, the, the best way they play will be the way that they'll get to play in this one. So that works really, really well. Villa's average at home this season is 3.67 goals per game across the board. Um, Eight of their home games would have won on this bet, a clear winner with four or more goals. They've been one push and just three defeats on it. 
Um, that was against Manchester City and Arsenal as well at that point of time where they were battling for the sort of title as such. They're in the in the re- reckoning for that. So that I can understand why that was tight and cagey. The rest have been goals galore. Forrest under Nuno, like everyone, we expected Nuno to come in and, and be pragmatic, be tight, and it's been far from it. The goals under him with Forrest games since he's taken charge, averaging 3.63. So again, plenty of goals in their games as well. And two of the three away games that he's been in charge of in the league have been a clear winner on this with four or more goals. So looks really well set up. Again, another crack and atmosphere and Villa will be gunning to make sure they keep in that top four and Forrest will be looking to make sure they stay out of that bottom three. So over three goal line, minus 109, a confident play here. Asian line once again, and it copped twice for Jack last week. Uh, we go Asian again, but it's a handicap here. Bournemouth against Manchester City, which is the 12.30 Eastern kickoff on Saturday. So tea time in the UK. Um, City have been well scrambling over line midweek to a certain extent. They did create a lot of chances. They are short price favourites at minus 265 to beat Bournemouth at plus 650 here. Um, we are going to go to the handicap market here, uh, Nigel. I noticed in... Uh, midweek, you talked about Liverpool, and even when there were a goal down, you suggested it was still a play. You were spot on there, but these can be uncomfortable plays when we're looking for even the best teams to cover more than a goal. But that's what you're hoping for here. Yeah, the reason why I did that Luton play is because I think Luton gave everything against like um, Man United in that match, and I think they their legs they just they were down to their bare bones in terms of injuries. They lost Lockyer, lost his striker as well, so they've lost a lot of key players. And I just thought the second half, they're going to be down to their bare bones. Obviously, they can start bright, but this is where these good teams and these better teams just grind you down. They win it off the bench. They make changes. They, they're, they're fresher. They've got bigger squads. And that's that's what you're seeing here. Um, this one here, I, I I just think you said it there. I mean, Man City creating a lot of chances. I mean, I'm you know I'm not a massive lover of XG, as I've told you many times before. But if you look at the XG, 2.46 and 2.81 in the last two matches, and they've only got a draw and a win. I think there's a big, big, big win for Man City coming around the corner. I really do. And I think and I think I and I think that um, you know, Haaland, the amount of opportunity chances he missed against Chelsea. I mean, any how how you've never seen him miss that opportunities. And I think there is a big win coming and I've just got a feeling that Bournemouth could be lamb to the slaughter here. I think they're gonna go I think they're gonna turn on the show here. The other thing I think is is very important at the moment now is the Premier League is so tight it could come down to goal difference. Uh you've seen the Arsenal now go on a goal scoring spree. Liverpool have going goal, goal crazy at home, particularly at Anfield. And Man City have got to go back to that swagger, get back to that winning ways and winning big because we could have a, a title that goes all down to goal difference and goal difference is going to be crucial here. So I think Man City have got a big win coming and I think there will be a big one win coming here. Um, when was the last time Bournemouth beat? What was number one? When was the last time Bournemouth beat Man City? When was that? the year? Um, no, well, there wasn't a number one because Bournemouth have never beaten them. Oh, <laughs> there you go. What about they've hey, never no, ever no. beaten 20, 20 wow. times they've met, they've never ever won. 18 wins for Man City, two draws. Bournemouth have never ever beaten Man City in the history That's of the football stat. club. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the last time they met this season, it was 6 1. Uh, and then last season, it was 4 1 to Man City down in Bournemouth and 4 0 at the Etihad. So in the last three years, the aggregate score has been 14 2. Obviously, that this is a, this is a probably a better Bournemouth side than they were there, but I think again uh, the timing for Man City is great because they uh, 
they, they're pretty much through to the Champions League, aren't they? I mean, they, they're, they can, they're going to get through the quarterfinals. It's a pretty easy task against Copenhagen. So they haven't got a very tough match to come in the next couple of weeks on that, on that front. So they can go all guns blazing on the Premier League. And that's what they do. If you look at their record so far, they see that their recent record, 16 matches unbeaten in the Premier League, 14 wins, two draws. They've covered the two uh, handicap on that nine times of those four, uh, of those 14 wins. Uh, and Bournemouth, no wins in four. Um, we, we've given great praise to them early part, sort of middle part of the season. They turn their season around. But now they've got those points on, on, the, on, the, on the board. You can see them now sort of taking their foot off the gas a little bit. You, you look about this, you know, how, how, can, they, how can they match with, with Bournemouth, Man City? They, they'll go toe-to-toe with them because Bournemouth only know one way of playing. And in that kind of style, that they'll, they'll sort of try to play football against Bournemouth, Man City, and it doesn't work. You can see by the records, they get absolutely spanked. So uh, I'm going to go here for Man City to cover the handicap. Minus one and a half. I think Haaland should do a big match. I think he could get two or more. I think Man City could would really be a statement win here. And I think that Bournemouth, um, you know, now that they're safe, now they're they're, they're pretty much safe, they're, they're, they're easy. They'll, they'll highlight their next couple of wins that they might on other fixtures. They'll just sort of write this one off and say, okay, we're going to lose. We're going to not, not saying they're going to write it off, but they know full well that they're going to struggle in this match. And they'll look at other matches to come. They think if we can get two more wins, we're safe for the season. And Man City just really do what they do best. The, the stats don't lie. Man City are creating a lot more chances, should be winning by bigger margins. And I think that a team like Bournemouth will get a, a bit of a hiding here. So Man City minus one and a half at plus money, plus 102. Wolves versus Sheffield United next up. This is a Sunday game, 8.30, early on Sunday for US betters. Uh, Wolves are favourites, minus 2.30. Sheffield United plus 6.50. Sheffield United conceded 63 in the Premier League so far. They're on course for a worse record than Derby's in 07-08. Not the points, but goals conceded. How many goals did Derby concede in the 07-08 campaign? Nigel, Jack? Uh, 89. 89. You've looked at my notes. Is that you? Um, 89. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, you've looked it up. Um, but it's it's not the Premier League records because you used to have we used to have 42 I games. I didn't even know you send any notes. Someone tell me the other day. You sent <laughs> me. Yeah, oh, I didn't even know. Which team 40, 40, 42 games in, in the Premier League? Go on. What, what Go is on, the question, sorry? Which teams conceded the most in a 42 game season in the Premier League before we slimmed it down to 20? It's, I don't know. QPR. Jack. No, it's not. Was Yan Molby involved? Yeah, it was. It's Swindon is the answer. Um, and how many did they concede? 100. 100. Sheffield United are on course to concede more than Derby. I mean, they're absolutely awful, aren't they, at the back? And I thought, Jack, yes. that maybe when, you know, Chris Wilder came back in, they would be much better. But we've not really seen that much of an upswing here. What's, what's the play here for this early Sunday game? I was generally surprised that this again is another goal line play, um, Asian total, and it's 2.75. And I had this marked a minimum of three, possibly even 3.25 for me. So to see it at 2.75, I'm not going to give it away, but it was a very strong play for me here seeing that. So again, the 2.75 sometimes confuses people. So we've got half our stake on over two and a half goals, half our stake on the three goal line so if there are exactly three goals this time we get half a stake win and we get half a stake refunded obviously four or more goals will get a full win in this one um and you're right uh chris wilder i mentioned him last week all the same information applies that he's come in and looked to go out swinging really um and i think uh, mason holgate took that too literally last <laughs> week and is 
completely wiped out Matoma. <laughs> Early doors. Happy for me because I was on him to get red carded at 33 to 1. But uh, he... Oh, we didn't get that one on the show, yeah. did we, Nigel? Was it? Well, no, Hang on a minute. Well, Where was that one? <laughs> no, unfortunately, unfortunately, it wasn't a red card market with uh, Bet Rivers on that occasion. But uh, yeah, it's actually a private play. Um, but yeah, completely. And I sat there and I thought, is that going to ruin my bet or is it going to make it even better? Because at that point in time, Brighton were dominating the game early on, like what, 15 minutes on the clock, something like that. So, uh, and it came to pass and a bit like what Nigel said with Luton, they ran out of steam, Sheffield United chasing the ball for that length of time and ended up getting whacked 5-0 again. So, they're down to the bare bones defensively. It's probably a benefit when you consider what Holgate's done, but they've got hardly any of their first choice centre-backs available. Um, they are just going to have to try and outscore teams. And that's going to be a struggle with what they've got and, and how they give out so many chances. And Wolves at home, we've seen them. They've oppressed us this season. Uh, a great win for them again last week, going to Tottenham when Tottenham were on song and expe- everyone expected them to roll uh, Wolves over. They've gone there and got a 2-1 win. So they've got it in their locker. Um, and they were also actually one of Sheffield United's only three victims this season. Sheffield United beat him in the reverse fixture, I think, with a couple of very, very, very late goals. Um, 2-1, that was. That wasn't the one when you were in Vegas, was it, Nigel? When they, uh, yes, was it was the one that snookered you. Very, very yeah. lovely memories. Re- re- yeah. Revisited there. Thanks right. very much. Get your money back this week. Get your money back. <laughs> exactly right. So, look, there's, for, th- for this reason, like how it's gone over from that point of time to now, our views on Wolves are completely different, but so I'll, 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 the views on Sheffield United have got worse and worse as the season's gone on. As I say, 65 goals conceded so far this season. No clean sheets away from home. Only one clean sheet in total. Um, 30 goals in their last seven games. That's an average of 4.29. And so Wilder has effectively thrown it out there and just said, well, let's just see if we can win a crazy game um, and, and get away with it. That seems to be the style. Um, and I say, as far as Wolves are concerned, that we are seeing goals in their, their games as well. The last five at Molyneux have seen 19 goals. There's an average of 3.8. Only one of those has gone under two and a half, which would be the only way we get an actual loss in this game. Um, and, and I just feel with Neto and Sarabia for Wolves, they're going to punish those Sheffield United areas. The wide players for Brighton last week absolutely destroyed Sheffield United. And Wolves are very strong in those areas here. Both the wing-backs and also their wide forwards are very, very strong. And I think they will really cause Sheffield United a lot of pain in this one. I can even see Wolves covering this Asian line on their own. Um, But, again, they've only kept two clean sheets at home this season. So I do think Sheffield United might nick one. But this, this is an absolute brilliant line as far as I'm concerned. So over 275 Goal line at minus 125. Monday night football, West Ham against Brentford, uh, an all-capital clash, 3pm Eastern. Almost each or two on the money line, this one. Uh, Nigel West Ham shading favouritism, uh, plus 155 with Brentford, plus 175 here. Brentford have got an unbelievable record uh, against uh, West Ham. And since the return of Ivan Tony, have been better. Get the sense that I don't think David Moyes is going to be at West Ham next season one way or another, what's the play here? I don't think both managers will be there next season. I think um, controversial. Where's Thomas Frank, Frank going to go? Well, I think <laughs> I think there's the, the rumor. I think I think Brentford might be for sale. Actually, I think I think the club's up for sale. I think there's some yeah. stories going behind the scenes that they might be up for sale. I just I just don't think I think he might move on to something else. Um, I think there's uncertainty at both clubs. I mean, Tony won't be there. I don't think either manager will be there. There's you know West Ham. Are, I mentioned it very slightly earlier when we I said that there's teams that you want to fade automatically at the moment, and West Ham definitely fall into that 
kind of category. I mean, they just they just look a side that's uh, just lacking anything at the moment. I know they've got a lot of injuries and a lot of key players are back. I mean, Bowen will be back and Antonio will be back. But Antonio won't be 100% fit, but he won't start. And as you said uh, um, on, the, on your intro there, Dan, since Brentford have been back in the Premier League, they've won every single match against West Ham. Uh, they've played five and won five, which includes two wins here. The only time West Ham did beat them was in the FA Cup last season. So they've got a brilliant, brilliant record in this. And if you look at Brentford's record in London derbies, it's exceptional. They have an exceptional record in London derbies. They very, very rarely lose them. They, they've drawn a lot of them. And that's why I want to get with them on the um, the draw no bet market. I want to get with Brentford on the draw no bet. I think earlier in the season, I, I can't remember the stat. I think it was something like 14 successive London derbies that they hadn't, Got beaten in, and I think they. I think that's got, true. I think it was Arsenal, but Arsenal beat them to, to stop that. That's true. Absolutely. So they spot. have a huge, huge record here, and going to West Ham, which I don't think is a is an intimidating place this season. It's definitely not an intimidating place now. I, I think I give them a really good chance, but I do think the draw is a big, big contender in this match, and that's why I want to play it safe and go with Brentford on the draw. No bet market at minus one hundred two. Um, if you look at Brentford's record, a lot of people saying they're dragged into the relegation battle. They've only won two in fourteen matches, which is pretty poor but when you break that down their last four defeats have been against Manchester City twice Liverpool and Tottenham so they have they have had a tough run of fixtures they did go to Wolves and win when we you know we were both very very keen on, on Wolves yeah. a couple of weeks ago and they went to Wolves and won so they seem to be doing all right against teams in or around them but and especially London teams but when they play against the big boys they 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 can't really live with them which is not a, not a surprise and not a shock they beat West Ham earlier in the season 3-2, as I said. They've got a brilliant record here. And West Ham come into this match in no wins in eight. Their last three matches, they haven't even scored. They conceded 11 in those games. At home, pretty poor. The crowd was walked out, was, was turning on Moyes massively. No wins in five. Uh, I know Calvin Phillips is suspended for this, but that's what they're probably the only positive they've got <laughs> on, on, on the match. So um, I, I think this is... Um, yeah, I think it's just, I don't, I, it's probably out of all my three bets, it's probably the one that I'm probably least confident about. But I just think there's is an auto fade in me now at the moment for West Ham. I think if whoever West Ham are playing at the moment, I think their whole season now is on the, on the, the in, in Europe. I think they're going to throw all their eggs into the European basket, try to replicate the success that they had last year when they won the conference, really go out and high on that competition, give the fans something to cheer about. And I think their league form will really suffer. And uh, I think Brentford here, their record against West Ham is is excellent. Their record in London derbies is excellent. And also, of the two teams, they're the ones that really do need the, the points more. So th their desire will probably be a little bit more. And out of the teams, they have a striker. And they've got someone to put the ball in the back of net. West Ham do have Bowen. I know he's been brilliant, but a lot of that in the early part of the season. Recently, at the moment, the goals have really dried up for West Ham. And I'll take Brentford here on the draw no bet market. All the Asian handicap at zero, which means that if the match is a draw, it's a push. Uh, and the only way we lose is if uh, West Ham win this match, which they haven't done in five. Yeah, and fourteen I mentioned London before, derbies on the spin. It was here. Sorry, Jack. No, I, I mentioned it before about West Ham as well. They're they're terrible at defending set pieces and balls thrown into the box. And one of the best exponents of that, of course, is Brentford. So the long throws going in, the corners and the free kicks going in. Expect that to cause chaos in that West Ham defence. And um, West Ham are giving off vibes to me very much of the Palace and the Hodgson vibes that were um, over the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, not a happy place to be. But, um, yeah, look at look at some of the bigger scorers there. Lots of Ben Mee could cause a few problems for uh, that West Ham defence in the air. Have you seen the the tweet? There's a tweet about Ben Mee. Have you seen it? It's like someone's put together and he's got to, he's gone to Brentford and he's put three pictures and he's got... 
that's me in the corner. That's me <laughs> under the spotlight. <laughs> and it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's really funny how he's done it. And he's got, he's I'm, always, look, I'm uh, losing uh, my Reglion, <laughs> the fullback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so, always, so uh, it's always interesting if you're a commentator and you me. Mm. Yeah. I'm waiting for James Yu to come you? and sign for Brentford. Me, <laughs> you, you, you too. Yeah. You. Well, there's the Chuckle Brothers on here every week. <laughs> Do you know a story about it? I told you the stories about the Chuckle Brothers. I always got. To, I, I worked for a newspaper. I worked for a, a tabloid newspaper, and I asked them one story when I first got there. I said to them, "Tell me one story that that um, they that you will shock me." And I don't, know, I don't know if I should say this, but they turned around. This and is told, a family show, so they told, no, I got told that the that I got that I, I've told a load of people this, and they never believed it. They told me that the Chuckle Brothers were father and son. But there you go. But that's what Ooh. I got told. And they played for years wow. and years, played this role as, as as brothers. But I got told they were father and son. But yeah, anyway, yeah. that's yeah. We'll, we'll listen. See. Wait, wait till viewers find out who the Crankies were. Uh, listen, there'll be millions of people like, across America now, millions of, of millions. Of, there'll be hundreds of, same, hundreds of people Googling the Crankies and, and the Chuckle Brothers. Thinking, what on earth is this all about? Yeah, you be careful with them Google searches. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Clear history. Um, One of the best headlines ever. The Crankies were caught in a swingers bar in the Sun newspaper. Have you, ever, have you been caught in some hanky-panky with a Cranky? Call this number. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, this is the Premier League show, but <laughs> there is a big cup game this Sunday and uh, we need to get just a few thoughts from the boys before we wrap things up here. League Cup final Sunday, 10am Eastern. It is Chelsea versus Liverpool. Chelsea plus 240. Liverpool plus 108 here. Nine-time winners Liverpool. Chelsea, five-time they've lifted the League Cup trophy here. They met in the final in 2022, a 0-0 draw. Liverpool won 11-10 on spot kicks. Last five finals, mm. all unders. Give us some thoughts. Give us some leans. What do we think, Nigel? What do we like, dislike, not bothered, interesting game? Well, as you know, I've got my own seats at Wembley and this is the third time that this match is the, being the cup final, the third time I haven't attended. Um, <laughs> no interest whatsoever in Liverpool with Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final. Absolutely. Luckily enough, I've got a very rich friend who's a Liverpool fan who's taken them off my hands. But um, I've got absolutely no interest in the game. I think it, you know, if you look at it, it all depends on the team that Liverpool put out. That's absolutely crucial. I mean, the side they put out against Luton, you would fancy Chelsea to give them a give them a chance. I think it's much, much, much more important for Chelsea. Yeah, Argentina wants to win the trophy in his first year in charge. I think he'll have his side fired up. It's that it's a big it's probably their biggest match of the season, so it's much more important for Chelsea. Liverpool, I think, you know, they've got so many bigger things. They're involved in every single competition. Klopp will want to win as much as he can. Could be his last visit to uh, to Wembley as a, as a manager of Liverpool. So uh, I think the team loose is crucial. If I was playing the bet now, I think unders would be my bet. Um, I also think the draw. I think the draw in 90 minutes. Seven of the last eight between these two sides have been a draw. Two cup finals, the FA Cup and the League Cup final, both nil-nil. I wouldn't be surprised to see it being another nil-nil draw again. One-one, um, something like that. I'd go for a draw. And I think if I was actually probably pushed for a little bit of value... Knowing that I think that the Liverpool side will be weak, I'd probably bet Chelsea to win the cup. If I was yeah, good. I think that's the bet. I'd love to get some prices on that while Jack tells us his leans. <laughs> oh, well, it ain't going to take long because my leans are exactly the same as Nigel's ah. there, to be fair. I was looking at draw. Yeah, 1-1 one, one was probably the score that sprung into my mind. But, you know, if you want to go to something bigger, then I'd go for a no-goal no score bet, something like that, because this this should be very, very tight. And I say... A lot will depend on that that uh, Liverpool lineup, who's starting, who's available on the bench. But uh, Chelsea have risen 
a little bit, they've raised their game a bit over the last few weeks against the better side. So I think that could well be a, an option here, but I think it'll be tight. As I said, I think it's like eight or nine in it. The last uh, games have been unders between these two, four, four nil, nil draws in that and one, one, one. So yeah, come on. If we're going to go bigger prices, go for a nil, nil again. Chelsea have lost the last five major domestic cup finals. That's a stat, isn't it? FA mm. Cup three times and League Cup uh, twice. I think, yeah, Ch- Chelsea plus 150 just to lift the cup. Extra time, penalties, tiddlywinks. Toss- you, you, you definitely would expect Liverpool side to be nowhere near the strength it should mm. be, especially with some important mm. cup games. So the market will react to that. I know we're talking about this and they're not, but people will re- react an hour, an hour and a half before kickoff when these teams come out. And I would expect the Chelsea... I mean, I think they've got 10 teams- players out, haven't they, Liverpool? They've got 10 yeah. out. Yeah, well, they're yeah. not definitely. They got ten out from last from last right. night, but they they they, they reckon about four or five and we back. Trent Alexander will definitely be out. Salah's a big doubt. Salah's a big. It's the key. If Salah moves. The move. The line movement be massive on Salah playing or not. Uh, best not connected to this game. Um, but it, it, not connected to this game. But it's FA Cup midweek, isn't it? Yeah. After this, and uh, I was going to mention it when Nigel was talking about his Manchester City bet. I wonder how much Bournemouth have got their eyes on Leicester. And you will, because you're holding a ticket for Bournemouth to win the cup, aren't you? Yeah. But um, they've got them in midweek. I think it's three days after they play Manchester City. And I know you said about them having eyes on another Premier League game, but I'm wondering how much focus they'll want to think that they've got a great chance mm. of beating Leicester in the FA Cup to get get through in that, rather than risking it all against uh, Manchester City in a game they're probably not going to win. Yeah, things that better have got to cup, consider. Two FA Cup games. Yeah, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Uh, no doubt the boys will have some selections on Twitter. Just best bets before we go here, Nigel. Best play of the weekend. Uh, I'm going to Man City minus one and a half, plus one or two. Ooh, Jack. Wolves. Wolves game overs over 2.75 at minus 125. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Nigel, uh, Jack, thanks for your company. Good luck with your plays. Uh, that is a wrap for Match Day 26. Uh, betting with the Premier League show. We're going to be back next week for more. Premier League picks and plays. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, The boys will be uh, uh, on Twitter, of course, over the course of the weekend with the updates and thoughts on the betting weekend. From all of us for now, though, it is goodbye.